Let's get back to the drive on the home of the Sens, TSN 1200. Now it's time for Need to Know Basis. Welcome back to the drive. Lever Sage, AJ Jack, Quebec, Matt Connors, Vita. Well, what you ought to know, as a Sens fan, I don't know if it makes you happy or not, but Cam Talbot's going to be out for three weeks. It's going to be tough. Matt Sogard is your number one goaltender now for the next three weeks. News coming today in Seattle. Uh, Cam Talbot's been sent back home. And Kevin Mandelese still with the team. And Matt Sogard's going to be the guy. So can Ottawa get there with him? Uh, will Patrick Brown make his Senator's debut coming up tomorrow? He was in the practice lines today. Uh, DJ Smith said that he was thinking about a few things, uh, mixing some things up, and we'll see what he does. Uh, coming up tomorrow night in Seattle, it's an 8 o'clock pregame, 10 o'clock start here on TSN 1200. Not a massive night in the National Hockey League, just three games. A Minnesota in Winnipeg, Chicago visits Detroit, Anaheim in Vancouver. Got some good games going on at the Briar right now. AJ's favorite team, WC2. Reed Carruthers up 4-1 on Nova Scotia. Basically needs a win to keep pace here and get himself into the playoffs. So it's a big one for him. Uh, Mike McEwen's Ontario rink up 8-4 on New Brunswick after 7 uh, with a win. He'll move to 4-2 and two and into a tie for third in Pool B. How about in Pool A, Kevin Cooey, Alberta, and Matt Dunstone, Manitoba, both 6-0. and They play each other tonight at 7 o'clock. And whoever wins that, certainly in the driver's seat, to be the number one seed in Pool A. No, you had some, some soccer games, AJ, here on... Well, Our first... Uh, PSG and Bayern Munich. Let, let, let's start with... Let's start with the local kid because there's a local kid from Russell. Atletico Ottawa is, they played their first friendly today Mm -hmm. against UD Sanse from Spain. They're in Spain right now. Right. How about Tier Walker? Just kind of training with them on and off last year a little bit. Mm -hmm. Wacy Loney saw something in him. Uh, How about... Tier Walker from Russell scoring the equalizer. Atletico Ottawa 2-2 draw today against UD Sanse, third-tier team from Spain. So good start to their preseason. And yeah, we do have a couple of Champions League games today. Uh, Alfonso Davies in the lineup for Bayern Munich. Uh, It's 0-0, 50th minute. Bayern lead 1-0 in aggregate, round of 16. Other round of 16 game today, Tottenham. AC Milan, uh, it's 1-0 AC Milan on aggregate, still 0-0 at halftime in London. Okay, that's what you need to know. We'll talk some more Senators as the hour goes along. But right now we go to the Gabriel Pizza Hotline and uh, we welcome our next guest, Terry Gray. was a former host at BN Sports for a long time and I'm sure could talk Soccer with you all day, every day. AJ, we welcome her to the Gabriel Love Pizza it. Hotline uh, right now. Terry, how are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, maybe just give us a little bit about your story. Been in broadcasting and in sports for a very long time until you decided not to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it in a very short sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, now I did broadcasting for over 20 years. Um, I started uh, when I was a teenager working as a part-time receptionist after school at the local radio station. As I'm sure you guys know, that's uh, that's a common thing. You know, you're interning or you know starting off at a at a kind of an entry level job, and I just kind of worked my way through and uh, learned everything I could in all the departments. And from there, went on into television. Um, fast forward a little bit, started working in television uh, sports in uh, Winnipeg at Global Television. They did a show called The Fox Soccer Report. So I did that for a couple of years, and that's where I kind of got my base in soccer. I had to learn from the ground up kind of everything everything having to do with international soccer. There's a gazillion leagues, and uh, and as you know, AJ and Lee, that it's, uh, it's, it's, kind of, it's a wonderful but exhausting process getting up to speed on all of that stuff. So, well, she said you um, first, AJ, not me. <laughs> I know who's who here. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so um, and then when BN decided to launch a North American soccer network um, or an international soccer network covering everything, you know, international sports uh, for Canada and the U.S. out of Miami, I kind of jumped at the opportunity to kind of throw my hat in the ring and, and see if, you know, if there was something I could do to help. And they ended up hiring me. And uh, I spent seven years in Miami working there, and it was really great. I got to do all kinds of stuff there. Got to do, got to talk to all kinds of ex-players and current players, and um, you know, I got into all kinds of different sports. I learned tons. But then I decided that enough was enough, and I decided to get out of broadcasting altogether, and that's where the next part of my story comes in. But should I take a breath first? <laughs> yeah, well, well, Terry, it's uh, it's great to chat with you, and I, I watched uh, a lot of those uh, those those shows on on uh, Fox uh, Soccer Channel uh, with uh, Bobby McMahon, and and you yeah. guys did a great job uh, with that, and, and watched a lot of BN Sports when I was at the World Cup. Uh, as well, so uh, familiar with your work, it, it was excellent. How, how much has the landscape changed, right, it, when it comes to women in sports and, and and women in sports broadcasting over the course of the last twenty years? Because it feels like you know women are getting tremendous opportunities today when it comes to sports broadcasting, but you know twenty years ago in particular, um, it, it probably was a lot more challenging. So, how, how have you seen the landscape changed over that time? Oh, gosh. Um, it, it definitely has changed a lot. I mean, you're seeing a lot more opportunities uh, being scooped up by women, which is really great. Um, and you're seeing women in lead roles most of the time as well. I think um, we're starting to see more movement in the case of, and I can't speak for the, the larger North American sports audience, but for soccer in particular. I mean, you're seeing now with, you know, Apple TV taking on the MLS rights, and all of the commentating teams that they have um, announced, you're seeing a lot of um, female analysts and play-by-play um, people as well, which is really great. I mean, it's it's a start. There could be more. We're seeing more referees. We're seeing more coaches. Um, but in the broadcast world, it certainly is. Um, you're seeing, you know, we're, we kind of have a good handle on, you know, hosting and presenting. But I think there could be more opportunities for, people to be more in an analysis role as well, like ex-players or, or just people who have been in the business for a really long time. 
Uh, we'll get into a little bit of your background. You grew up in small town Manitoba, but what drew you into wanting to either be on television, be in sports? Uh, what was it about it that excited you and made you want to do it? It was because I had no idea about any of it. That's what excited me. It was something completely different, completely new. Um, I wasn't someone who followed sports growing up, um, and but I was taught that I should be um, if, if I'm going to, you know, make it in the business, you need to know all four corners of the business. You need to get as much experience in as many facets as, as possible. And so I wasn't someone to say, mm, no, I can't do that. It was more, if an opportunity shows itself, what can I do to learn as much as I can and, and become the best at it as, as I can be. And so that's kind of how I decided to, um, kind of pursue that area and go, okay, I don't know anything about soccer, but you know what? I do know something about broadcasting. And so maybe I can learn the rest and kind of, you know, just learn as I go. And that's, that's, that's how I've kind of applied it to everything. And, and my time at BN was a largely like that. It was, it was just learning as you go. Um, and there were some hard times, but there were some extremely gratifying times as well. And, you know, when my boss told me, Hey, you're, you're doing soccer. That's great. How about uh, motorcycle racing? What do you what do you think about that? You want to start covering that? And I, I, you know, I was like, well, I know nothing about that, but I also knew nothing about soccer, so why not? Let's do that as well. So and that's how I became um, one of the lead presenters and reporters for you know motorsports in in um, for being sports. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on that. Sorry, at the same time that I'm talking to you, I'm trying to get my daughter to stop pushing her Cheerios container into the television as they do. So if I'm uh, yammering on, please interrupt me. <laughs> Have you been successful in that so yeah. far? Because <laughs> well, I'm concerned about your TV. So am I. So am I. It's a new TV, too. And so far I've been successful in that it's not broken. But uh, there's still time left in the day. Well, you're getting used to talk radio, too, yammering on. We often get people to ask us to stop yammering on, and then you wonder what happens in talk radio when people stop yammering. Yeah, well, right? then you go to commercial. You know, and, and we also <laughs> learned that the other day that Raisin Bran's got a lot more sugar in it than Cheerios and some other sugar cereals, so <laughs> yeah. just stay away from Raisin Bran. Um, oh, okay. Terry Gray joining us here uh, on The Drive. Uh, I almost want to fast forward to the end of the story because you know your time at BN Sports and all the things that you got to do – have led you to where you are now. And you're in the Ottawa area, but you're not in sports. Tell people no. what you're doing now. Yeah, not in sports. And, and actually, um, I mean, as you know, I mean, the, the broadcast industry has changed so much. And, and in sports in particular, it was, you know, you're seeing so much um, amalgamation of these big networks. And with that comes layoffs. And I was seeing this all around North America. And I, you know, it's just not a nice feeling to go, okay, things are really good now, but when is, when is the hammer going to drop? You know, when is it going to be my turn? And I'm going to be wondering what the next job is going to be. And I wanted to kind of take control of that a little bit more. So um, I always had a really big interest in, in food. I really like to cook. I really like to bake. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to you know, say goodbye to sports, but I wasn't going to say bye to TV. I wanted to kind of maybe go into the t- uh, go into the food um, television type of industry, but I, I wanted to know more, you know, that's, you know, 
I, I can't just go into something and, and start faking it that I know something about it. I need to, I need to get a, I need to get an education. So I decided to come into Ottawa to go to Le Cordon Bleu and um, I got a, my pastry diploma there. So I did that for nine months thinking, okay, I'm going to apply this and maybe I'll start making some international baking shows or something like that. But the week that I graduated is when the pandemic shut everything down. So obviously everything came to a standstill and I was kind of going, okay, what now? What does this mean? I can't, I can't travel. I can't, (laughs) I can't work. I can't do anything, but that wasn't the case. I could still work. I just couldn't work in the industry that I had been in for 20 plus years. So I decided to just pivot like so many of us did during the pandemic. And I started working as a laborer on a construction site that was near my house. And it was the construction site that my husband was working in. And my husband used to work in television as well. And that's how we met actually at a motorcycle race that we were both covering at the time. And, um, so for six months, that's what I did. I was a construction laborer. Uh, it was a messy job. It was a dirty job. It was something I learned a ton from. And it allowed us to buy a house and kind of put down some roots here, thinking, you know, maybe we'll flip a house and then we'll see what ne- happens next. Um, but one thing led to another. We had our wonderful daughter, Daisy, who you can hear in the background. And we decided to start our own construction company. So that's what we're doing right now in the Kempsville area. And it's going really well. We're, we're really enjoying it. And it's something completely different. We're not, neither of us expected to be doing this right now and or any time of our lives. But, um, yeah, we're kind of trying to apply what we've learned in life so far. And, and yeah, so that's what we're doing. And chasing after this noisy one at the same time. Still uh still have dreams of kind of going down that food road or is this something that uh that that you're looking at doing uh for the long haul um this is obviously something for the long haul we've uh we've developed a really good client base and um we have a really good reputation here in the area and you know the work we're doing we we have big plans for it and and further business you know interests coming up as well so um but it isn't something that has left my brain completely. You know, I do, there are aspects of television that I do miss, um, but I certainly don't miss being, you know, not really in control of my own destiny. So I think if I were to maybe entertain something in food television again, it would have to be on my terms, obviously, and something that I can feel, you know, a good sense of creative realm over. So I, cer- I certainly would entertain it, definitely. AJ's a big foodie, so he's a bit disappointed with that answer. Wow. You can see him kind of sit back in his seat. <laughs> foodie but, and soccer, like, I mean, it doesn't get much better than I know, that. right? <laughs> AJ, I heard, uh, speaking of foodie and soccer, I somebody told me that you're heading to Italy soon? Yeah, 15 days. Looking forward to that. Oh, she must have heard yesterday. 15 days. Yeah, pretty pumped. So, hoping to get to six or seven games right now. One at Wembley, one at Wrexham, one at... Uh, Napoli, the San Siro, and the Olympico. So, yeah, it should wow. be a pretty good trip. That's a busy trip. That's, that's, that's many hours of soccer. It's, it's a lot. He went to yeah. Qatar, though, and went to about 800 games at the World Cup. It's only 34. <laughs> 34. Okay. 34 only, games. Only. <laughs> so, and, and is this like a guy's trip? or? No, this is girlfriend and I. 
so she's a big soccer fan too. No, she isn't. She'll probably come to two of those games with me, and the rest she'll be able to kind of escape me. <laughs> wow. So when's the last time you went on a trip where it was based on her interests? Well, the well, the reporter's coming out now. There's 12 or 13 <laughs> other days on this trip, just so you know. <laughs> 12 or 13. You, you realize you're talking about 24 hours of soccer, okay? <laughs> See, this is a journalist. This is somebody that we have on as a guest that's turning the tables. That is, well, that's wanna... probably, you're right. It probably is 24 hours because if you look at the before and after, the you're probably looking after. about 24 hours. That That's 24 hours of like how many on this trip? Like 480? If you think that's a day out of your 15-day trip. That's a high expectation so for all the other girlfriend. days are about her. <laughs> Every other moment is about her. Right? Oh, my goodness. Like, I feel I, like that's a pretty good trade-off. I don't know. I don't know. We'll need her on the radio next. To, to <laughs> See, that's what I'm hoping for, out. right? <laughs> Called himself boyfriend of the year last week. I'm like, it, if she calls you that, that's fine. Like, none of us can say anything. I just like to hear from her. Yeah, you can't give yourself that title. That's not allowed. She didn't dispute it. So <laughs> <there's> that. <laughs> All right, I have to get your take on uh, just the mess with Canada soccer right now. So much momentum, oh. at least there should be, right, with the men going to the World Cup and the women winning the Olympics, and, and they can't get out of their own way. What's your, your take on what we've seen over the course of the last year with Canada soccer? You know, it's um, someone who's not in the sport anymore and someone who, quite frankly, isn't following the sport like I used to. Um, it, as a fan, as a Canadian, it's really disappointing. You know, I know you can... You can attest to this as well, but I mean, I, I can't speak to, you know, the legalities of anything, but I think when it comes down to it, you have a successful team and you have a team that is gaining on its success, right? And you just, you need parity and you need equality and that's the end of the story. And we need some of the, I think we need some of the, the hierarchy and the suits to kind of get out of the way of that. So that's all. That's what I'll say about that. And before we let you go, I know you had a little bit of a tie-in. You grew up in a small town in Manitoba, mm-hmm. but right now that small town in Manitoba is producing a lot of curlers, including the team Jennifer Jones, who I thought did a really good job. Like it's all about mentoring, right? I was going to ask you about mentoring, yeah. you know, other women in the industry and, and things like that. And it sounds like you're, you know continuing to lead your own path. But Jennifer Jones took on a whole new team, a younger team, and kind of mentored. They got all the way to the Scotties final with a, a bunch of women that came from the small town that you grew up in. And who are quite young, to be frank. Like, um, yes, and they did come from the town that we came from. And I remember, um, obviously, you're from a small town anywhere in Canada. You will have a curling club, right? And you likely will be curling by the time you're eight years old. So... And, and that was me. I came from a curling family. And I remember, you know, curling ladies league or ladies bonspiels and this, this team, this Zacharias team with uh, Mackenzie and, you know, coached by their dad. And they were just tiny, like they're, they're really petite women and they were really petite girls. And, you know, they're hucking these, you know, 40 pound rocks across the ice and they were very serious. And you could tell that like, okay, there is some serious talent here. And um, it's so nice to see that, that they're in a position to be mentored by one of the greatest, if not the greatest, in the world. Um, so it's, it's, it's a point of pride that they've come from my little small town in Manitoba. And um, 
and yeah, I think it is very important that they're being mentored by somebody right now, as it is important that I think Jennifer Jones has taken that step to now, you know, focus her her efforts on continuing her greatness, but also to be mentoring those that are coming up as well. All right, give your construction company a plug. Oh, my construction company is called uh, Tibi Dabo Home Improvements. I'm going to spell it for you, okay, because that's a difficult one. It's T-I-B-I-D-A-B-O, and that is named is because um, it's, a, it's a mountain that's outside of Barcelona, and my husband, Dylan Gray, he... Um, spent seven years working for MotoGP in Barcelona, and it's one of his happy places. And we decided we wanted to incorporate um, a little bit of Spain into our business. So we have um, our logo is as such, and it's called Tibidabo. That's a mountain, and its Latin roots mean um, "I will give you." So it's really "I will give you home improvements." So yes, that's what we do. Okay, and that's out of Chemville. That's out of Kempsville, yeah. But we service Ottawa, we service Brockville, and everywhere in between. That's awesome. From sports broadcaster to foodie to construction company, and yeah, giving AJ the the one two here on his trip <laughs> on his trip to Italy. It's okay. You know what? I like being challenged. It's good. <laughs> I'm just thinking too. And it, I'm a, we're a big friends. I'm a big friends guy. Is TV Dabu the mountain they kept referring to in Friends? The, the mountain they refer to in Friends? Where? No. Which episode? I just remember. Okay, I'm I'm going off on a tangent here. Hmm. Oh no! Now I'm going to have to research yeah. this and find it. I feel answer. like it, it's all coming back to me here. But anyway, you now. Terry, great. Thank you very much. Uh, hey, no inter- problem. International Women's Day. Um, uh, you've been a leader, it looks like, in your whole life as far as where you've gone and where, what you're continuing to do. So uh, we wish you the best and hope you can join us again at some point. Thanks, Terry. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Think about a Daisy for us, too. <laughs> yes, we will. She yeah. said bye. <laughs> All right. There goes Terry Gray on the Gabriel Pizza Hotline. Gabriel Pizza, the official pizza of the Ottawa Senators. Okay. She gave it to you a little bit. That's okay. Didn't know. that. that I, obviously. I'm didn't ready. Know. I know you are. It's not like we didn't have discussions about what this trip was going to be. About I, I just didn't expect that go. from a guest we've never talked to before. That's all. <laughs> going to be a great trip. Fantastic, though. Uh, Being sports covers a lot of sports that we don't normally watch. And if you get that channel right now, the Padal Championships are on. So, yeah, it'd be like if you worked there. Danny like Danny Alfredson's thing. Exactly. Like, go cover Padal. Go cover motocross go cover some of these sports that are not as familiar with us right well it is fascinating when you get the opportunity to cover sports that you don't normally do and for me mma right you know i don't watch a lot of mma i called i called an mma card on super channel what did i do i went out and rented like this is back when right this is you could still go out and rent videos probably around 2008 mm-hmm. in Edmonton. I went to the local Blockbuster and watched a few UFCs and did your homework. Watched how they called it. I kept it simple. I you know, I like calling a good fight. I was going to say you have that you have that intangible that and I mean this in a really serious way, AJ. Might make fun of you a lot, but you have this intangible that not a lot of people have, right? Like the the feel for the big moment and to be able to bring that to everyone who's watching or listening. And 
you have a really good gift of that. And so for MMA, that that's it, right? Like if there's a knockout, a submission, and the fight's over, that's, that's the big moment. There's a peak to it. Color analysts handled the uh, rear naked choke. Right. Lingo and all that. I just kept it simple. But that's a tough thing to do, to have a feel for the moment and, and peak right at the time that it's necessary. Second and 25. It's a little different when it's a sport you know, though. Yeah, I understand. But it's still a gift. Okay, enough complimenting AJ here, too. We're going to have to go. But uh, some text coming in at 12, 1200. And Mad Sogard, really the story of the day. So we'll have to talk a little bit more about him and what people think about Cam Talbot being out for three weeks. Sogard or bust, really. I mean, you put Kevin Mandelazy in, but if he gets in, it's probably because Mad Sogard has struggled. And if he has struggled... Well, he's going to play this weekend. Yeah, but that's once. If Mad Sogard struggles, they probably have lost too much ground to be able to catch back up. You're talking three weeks. You're talking the end of the month. So they got a back-to-back against the Canucks and the Flames right now. Mm-hmm. They've got a back-to-back against the Penguins and the Bruins. You would almost assuredly play Sogard against the Penguins. And good luck, Kevin, against Boston. Well, that's right? who he you... played before, didn't he? Didn't Mandalese play in yeah. Boston? He didn't play badly in that game at all. And then hopefully by the beginning of April when you've got you know, hopefully Talbot's good to go, come back when you get your next back-to-back in April. But he's going to have to play at least a couple of games. Mm-hmm. And in the end, great opportunity for Mad Sogard here. Yeah, no question about that. Back with more of the drive on TSN 1200. I was just outside of Barcelona, hiking in the foothills of Mount Tibidabo. The drive continues on TSN 1200. Welcome back to the drive, Labor Sage, AJ Jackie back. Matt Connors Vita. Just to catch you up on a little bit, uh, Mike McEwen did win 11 4 earlier today, up to 4 and 2. Team Ontario. Tied for third. Still a WC2 on the screen, AJ. The Briar. But the big ones tonight. Uh, Matt Dunstone from Manitoba, Kevin Cooey from Alberta, both teams six and zero, and they battle each other to be really the winner of Pool A and to give themselves a major advantage going into the playoffs. So that should be fun tonight uh, around seven o'clock with Cam Talbot out of the lineup here for the next three weeks and Mad Sogard going in. We talked about the goaltending, but we've talked a little bit more too about the way that this team AJ is going to have to play. And text came in from Shawnee Canada. Your thoughts on Chikram being paired with Holden on the third pair after three games. We waited two plus years for an elite top four defenseman. And DJ thinks Chikram on the third pair is what's best for the player and the team and their chances to get up in the playoffs. I understand the first couple of games, but in my opinion, Hamnick's not a, top four defensemen in the league, uh, Chikrin should be building chemistry with Sanderson or Shabbat. Time is nigh. Ghostins go from Sean and Kanata. Yeah, they won two games with Chikrin in that spot. And 
I don't care who was playing where. They lost the last game because everyone stunk. I, I don't mind trying different things. Mm-hmm. To me, it's not about who plays where. It's about dispersal of minutes. That first game Chikrin played, Thomas Shabbat played 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a 19-minute-a-game guy, but I don't think he's a 25-minute-a-game guy, especially the way he's playing right now. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably a 22-minute-a-game guy. I, I'd like to see Shabbat's minutes probably similar to Sanderson and Chikrin because right now, in the here and now, He's playing like Ottawa's third best left defenseman. So if you're playing like Ottawa's third best defenseman, then your minutes should reflect that. And to me, it's not about who plays where and with who or anything like that. It's just how you disperse the minutes. Whoever's playing better, we talked about this earlier in the program. You just got to win now. And I don't care who's playing or who used to play more minutes or who didn't. With the talent around, there are players going every night and there are some players that just don't have it that night. And that's okay. But Ottawa's never really been in a position to decide that and play players less or more based on that. Not really. I mean, a couple of instances to, to get a point across. But if that were the case, Guys wouldn't have played as much as they have. The the one thing I'll say is when you're on the road, right? I don't mind maybe moving one of those guys to the right side. Maybe it's Chikrin. Sanderson's played on that side. Maybe it's even Shabbat. But when you're on the road, and especially tonight, or sorry, tomorrow night when you're playing Seattle, mm-hmm. we just went through the numbers. Doesn't matter who's on the ice for them, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. Top five scorers in tomorrow's game are all going to be Ottawa Senators. And then 12 of the next 13 are Seattle Kraken. Every one of those forwards has 21-plus points. So from that perspective, you better have someone on the ice at all times that can deal with what they're going to bring, which is they come at you at waves in waves five-on-five. So I don't mind continuing three defensemen on the left side like they're doing for a little while longer. But but I think you you need to test different things out. And if something's not working tomorrow night going in, like I feel like the Chicago game didn't work because they just weren't ready to go. Not because of who was playing with who or anything like that. If they're ready to go. Mm-hmm and something's not working because they're exploiting something of you, then adjust, make the changes on the fly. But they've been playing pretty good hockey for a while, so I don't want to overreact to too much about a game where your team was a no-show. Right. That, to me, was not a who's playing with who problem. That, to me, was just a problem with they weren't ready to go. They, They thought it was going to be a cakewalk. They were planning the parade in the room. I agree. Nothing to do with who is paired with who on defense. But to Sean's point, to me, it doesn't chicken aside. 
you got another guy that's capable of going out there and playing really well for you, but I don't care if it's Chikrin. I don't care if it's Shabbat or Sanderson. I doubt it's going to be Sanderson because Sanderson's been very steady all year long. You just, at some point, got to go out and if guys are playing better, you got to play them a little bit more to win the game. Because that's what good teams do when they need to win games. Their better players play more. Well, and sometimes you go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. One, two, three, like that. So maybe if you're doing that and the guy... If the, the third best defenseman on your night happens to be on the number one pair, I kind of look at these pairs as one A, B, and C, mm-hmm. right? But if if you want to call that pair the one pair, okay, fine. Then maybe you go one, two, three, one, two, three. Maybe go two, three. And rather and, and maybe two, three goes with one and two on the right side. If you know what I mean. And then you go back to one. Mm -hmm. I do. And I, I guess I look at the Chicago game, look, bit of a one-off everywhere, but even moving up to the forwards, if somebody's coming back as a forward and they're flying by, whether it's to brink it, Batherson has not had a great year defensively, obviously with his. Well, that's the problem with it. It's you're asking a lot of Pinto, right? Yep. Cause you Pinto. Debrinket's been okay at best. That's probably being like he's paid to score goals, right? Mm-hmm. And and Batherson hasn't had a great year defensively. You're asking a lot of Pinto to play with those guys, but those guys they have to be better defensively. Like I I want to see a response from the entire group, but I want to see a response from Shabbat. I want to see a response from Debrinket. I want to see a response from Batherson. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest, maybe this isn't a one game thing. And I know he's been hurt in and out of the lineup. I'd like to see more from Matthew Joseph. Like when is a time that if somebody's struggling, that Matthew Joseph, who was going to be this guy that put up points last year when he was in the top six, when's it going to be a time that if you, he's playing well enough that if somebody's struggling you can switch them out and Matthew Joseph can go into a top six role. That's what I thought we were getting when Matthew Joseph got here. I don't think that's happened. Yeah, I don't think he's played poorly lately, but so what you're saying is you'd like to see Matthew Joseph move up? If somebody is struggling on the top two lines, yes. It's it's tough because you don't have enough... I, I mean, it's essentially, it would be a good wake-up call, right? If one of those guys, if Batherson's having a tough night, it's a good wake-up call because the reality is your bottom six. It's been better lately, but as it's constructed, isn't great. You're not getting enough from it, right? In the long haul. You've been getting more from your bottom six lately, which is why they've won more games. Mm-hmm. But he's but, getting $3 million a year. Like, this is... You know, they didn't want to pay Nick Paul. He's not playing with guys that are that are good enough. I agree. But my point is that he needs to be good enough to be able to. I, I if think somebody's, he's played okay lately. If somebody's struggling, I'd like to see him move up and get a chance to play with those players. I think he's been the least of their worries lately. No, but you're not. I'm not crapping on him. I don't think he's been that, that good. 
But here's what I'm saying. When he was in the top six last year, because they weren't good enough, he was putting up more points, and people thought that Matthew Joseph was going to be a really good addition to this team. I just don't know why we're not talking about the fact that he's got the potential to move up if somebody is struggling. That's all. Because who else? It's a tough move to make. Because if you're putting Batherson with Gambrell, like uh, it's a tough move to make. They, they're. We'll see what Patrick Brown, right? Yep. There's another one. Comes Maybe in. we'll take a break and hear from Patrick Brown on the other side because. Yep. I don't really know what to expect from Patrick Brown. I know what the scouting report is, seen him a handful of times, but you're not really, you're watching Vegas and Carolina and teams like that the last few years, Philadelphia, you're not really focused on Patrick Brown. He's just kind of out there, but he's going to get an opportunity to play tomorrow night, see what he brings to the table. But the reality is they're, they're thin up the middle. Pinto would be better served as a three. And if Pinto's a three and Joseph's playing with them, you've got more of a third line. But Pinto's being asked to play right. a different role. And now you've got two fourth line centers in Gambrell and Kastlik trying to hold the fort. And, and you, you're just not there. All right. We'll hear from Patrick Brown when the drive returns here on TSN 1200. Let's get back to the drive on the home of the Sens, TSN 1200. Welcome back to the drive here on TSN 1200. Lever Sage, AJ Jack, Quebec, Mac Connors, Vita. I said it's all coming back to me now. Mount Tibadibu or Tibadebo or it was all involved in friends. I was hiking along the foothills of a Mount. Tibidabo. I think it's Tibidabo. Okay, do you want to tell the story? <laughs> exactly. But I couldn't couldn't quite get there. But it's all coming back to me now, Celine Dion. <laughs> International Women's Day. Continued to play some women singing up until 6 o'clock. But before the top of the hour, we said we are going to hear from Patrick Brown who looks like he might make his Sens debut tomorrow night in Seattle against the Kraken, and he spoke to the media earlier today. First of all, nice to get a practice under your belt here. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, uh, fast pace. Uh, yeah, it's great to be out there with the guys. Yeah, what are you getting a sense of uh, as far as this team is concerned? A lot of skill, uh, fast forwards, really good team. Uh, they're making a push here, and I'm uh, excited to be a part of it. You're anxious to get in, maybe as early as tomorrow? Yeah, um, excited. Uh, you know, I want to show him what I can do, hopefully contribute and, uh, you know, uh, do my role, get pucks in, hound their defensemen, and uh, play in the Ozone. Simple game. Is that what you bring to the table, basically? Yeah, simple yeah. game, north-south. Uh, try and get some hits. Try and make it hard on their D-men, maybe set up the next line for uh, some offense. What have you seen from this locker room in your, your short time here so far? Awesome guys. You know, very welcoming. They made me feel at home right away. Um, you know, within five minutes of getting traded, I got a whole bunch of texts from uh, from guys, and I, I played with a couple guys in the past too. So I know there's a, a lot of really good guys here. Yeah. What parts of your game do you think are, are the biggest strengths to this team right now? What? Uh, the, sorry, the team's uh, game or my game? What, were you, what, were you uh, what parts of your game do you think uh, both like serve the team best right now? I guess. Um, heavy hockey. So holding on to pucks, getting pucks in the ozone, 
um, you know, clean plays out of the D zone and just trying to, you know, play in their zone all night. Heavy hockey. AJ, Patrick Brown. This next little while is going to be a really interesting stretch here for Ottawa because, yeah, they got to win. We talk about the math and the points and the playoff percentages and all that stuff, but are we talking about Mad Sogard and Net, Patrick Brown maybe in the lineup? You know what I mean? Like some new parts here that Ottawa's going to have to rely on if they're going to get the job done. Yeah, anxious to see how he uh, is going to fit in, right? And clearly he knows his role. Sounds like a DJ Smith yes, he type of player. Yep. And I think good, but you need, your things are going to get stale, right? And it shouldn't be stale at this time of year. But when you have a game like that, you're you're not benching Batherson, you're not benching Debrinkit, you're not benching Shabbat. You're, you're making you're moving the furniture in the bottom six, right? And that's where a, a Patrick Brown coming in. Let's see what he's got, right? Let's see how he fits in. And and he's going to come in with some energy and. Sounds sounds like, I mean, when, when you've got a guy who knows his role like that, if he comes in and plays his role like that, should be effective, effective for this mm-hmm. hockey team. And then whoever they sit out, right, is going to be like, I need to be more consistent. I need to be a little bit better. And in the end, a lot of the fault goes up the lineup, but that's what happens. Crap rolls downhill. You're not going to bench your second line wingers. You're going to bench... Or, or take out somebody on the fourth line. It keeps everyone a little bit more alert. Didn't realize that crap goes downhill. AJ rolls downhill. I wish they would do a little bit more with the second line and third line, but they're going to need everyone now. Their team's going to have to be playing the way they were before the Chicago game. Because they simply don't have the veteran netminder right now. And that's that's going to be hard. They played really well for Matt Sogard and Kevin Mandelazy, but they're going to have to continue to do it against a bunch of tough teams coming up. One, the way the schedule goes, right? Like two of your easier games mm-hmm. down the stretch aren't easy. Their team's probably in the same class as you. Vancouver's played better. They're still not a very good team, but they played better with the circus mm-hmm. having left town. And that's not a shot at Bruce Boudreaux. That's a shot at how they handled the Bruce Boudreaux situation. Right. It was brutal. He was put in a brutal spot. And and the Calgary Flames, who looked like they were going to be dead and buried. I mean, they're a goofy team, right? <laughs> they are. They've, they've got a lot of talent. They've got a playoff caliber lineup. It feels like they haven't been playing for Daryl Sutter, but they go out and win two against Minnesota. They get right back in the race in the West. Those are your easier games on this trip. (laughs) Great. You're right. Because the other ones are very difficult. You threw away a glorious opportunity, Mm -hmm. but you made life more difficult on your teammates and, and, and just your entire team. Now you have to make up for it and try and find a way to win more than you lose the rest of this trip which would be 
at least two one and one, which still wouldn't be a very good trip, but at least three out of four if you if, if you can. It feels like it's going to be tough sledding with your top two goalies done. Let's see how this team responds tomorrow in Seattle. Again, the good news is when they lay an egg, they seem to find a way to respond and at least play well the next game. 8 o'clock, the pregame, and 10 o'clock, the drop of the puck tomorrow night in Seattle. 580 CFRA news update. Come back with what you need to know and get you into the final hour of the drive here on a Wednesday on TSN 1200.